Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Gettysburg Connection podcast. I'm Chuck Stangor, editor of the Gettysburg Connection. We're getting close to the primary elections in Adams County, which will be held on Tuesday, May 21st. In several cases, the real decisions will be made in the primary because the primary winner will run unopposed in the election in November. You can see more information about the election at the Gettysburg Connection website. If you sign up for notifications, we'll send you news about the election as it occurs. In Gettysburg, new seats are being filled for borough council. Today, I'm talking with Matt Moon, who is running for an open seat on the council from Ward 2. Hi, Matt, and welcome to our podcast. Uh, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. I'm fighting a little bit of a cold, but otherwise I'm ready to go. Okay, it's a lovely spring morning here in uh, Gettysburg. We're hearing the birds in the background. I'm so happy to hear you're running for the Gettysburg Borough Council seat in the second ward. It's a real commitment, uh, something that I and I think the community community really appreciate. I know you have a family and a lot of things going on, and it's a sure. real commitment. And sure. I really appreciate that. I'm hoping this interview will give uh, the residents a chance to know a little more about you and about your ideas and your goals for the council. So let me ask you first, uh, why are you running for Borough Council? Um. I guess I'm running because uh, I feel a, a need to be involved in government. Uh, I feel a need to be involved with my community. Um, I think in a perfect world, we would all take turns doing this. Um, and, you know, maybe it's my turn. Uh, I have uh, skills that I can bring to bear, and I, I think they can help benefit our community, and I'd like to give that a try. Yeah, good. Well, again, I'm really glad you're doing it. Uh and I think you can make a real, real difference by being part of the council. What's your background uh, in Gettysburg? At- uh, well, my wife grew up here, um, born and raised, and uh, we were when we got married. We were living in San Francisco, and when we had our second child, we decided that uh, living in the Bay Area was madness. <laughs> so we decided to come be around family instead so we moved back here in um, about eight years ago and um, bought a house and settled down and uh, we're feeling very comfortable here and um, very grateful for the community we've found. And uh, what kind of accomplishments and skills and what's your background? Is there something in particular that makes you a good candidate for Borough Council? Sure. Um, I worked for private industry for many years um, and the work I did was largely personnel management and project management and uh, I think those are two things that really lend themselves pretty well to government at at any level Um, knowing how to motivate people to return results is um, a trick that you have to learn managing people is difficult and project management can be really overwhelming if you don't have um, a clear sense of your end result and where you want to get to. Um, and I, I'm, I'm just hoping that those are um, skills that the borough could use. Um, it seems to me that sometimes with their public works projects, uh, outreach and communication with the, the population is not always 100% um, received, so uh, you know maybe we can work on new approaches 
for making sure that uh, the people who live here understand the government's priorities and why we do the things we do. Do you have ideas for ways to do that, to do outreach? I mean, I know there's a newsletter. There is a newsletter. And, and I guess everybody in the ward would get that, everybody in the borough. That Yeah, I think that's the theory. Um, I assume everybody gets it. I, I can't really say. Uh, they have, uh, I think in the last year, uh, rolled out a new email system that you can subscribe to. Right. And you can go through a list of subjects and say which ones you want to be emailed about. Um, and I know that was in the newsletter, and they've they talked about it at, at meetings, but I don't think most people know that it exists, and I think it's a really powerful tool for communication. Um, you know, could we organize a group of 20 volunteers to spend uh, two or three weekends going door to door and sign people up for that email list? Mm -hmm. I bet we could. Well, that'd be interesting, yeah. Uh, I mean, if, if communication, if, if, uh, if the, the information that you needed from the borough was just there without any effort, I think people would appreciate uh, what's going on a bit more. Right. No, I definitely, definitely agree. People, I'd say in Gettysburg, people are, you know, kind of attuned to what's going on, but uh, they could certainly use more. The more people you have knowing about government, the more effective it is, Absolutely. I guess. So, so those are good things about outreach and... Um, are there other things that you're thinking that you might want to focus on? Oh, absolutely. Um, I intend to make uh, a nuisance of myself on council. Uh, I'm going to aggressively push, you know, politely but unapologetically, I'm going to push an agenda of environmental action. Um, the, you know, the UN Climate Committee told us we have 12 years left to fix what we're doing. And that was six months ago, so we now have 11 and a half years. Uh, we need to start action at the local level. If we're waiting for that leadership to come from the top down, we're going to miss this mark. And small towns, I think, can lead on environmental policy because we are invested in the place we live, because we want to live in a clean place that where the uh, soil and the water and the air aren't killing us. Um, we can start with simple things like uh, removing some of the toxins from our environment, and then we can move on to broader issues. I mean, one of the big hot topics right now this week is whether PennDOT will be allowed to bring more truck traffic to the borough. And I don't know a single person who's in favor of that. You know, we need to look at the environmental impact of bringing in more traffic to such a small town. Um, we need to defend this place and we need to let environmental policy move outward to the county and then hopefully affect the state. Um, Gettysburg is a small town, but what we do here is noticed because we have notoriety. Um, so if the headline is Gettysburg bans single-use plastic bags, that story is going to get picked up around the country. If the headline is Gettysburg is the first borough in Pennsylvania to put solar on the roof of every municipal building, that, that headline will move around the country. We need to build that momentum, and small towns can do that first. Yeah, I agree. That's, I think that's super important. We were just talking about Austin and uh, how they create their priorities in the middle of Texas, and it feels like Gettysburg's a little bit like that as well. We can create our priorities that 
Uh, we can work with the county, but we can also express our, our own priorities. So you're interested in climate and environment. Are, yep. are there other issues that, I mean, it seems like that might be enough, <laughs> given how difficult this job is and how much work, work it involves. Yeah, there, of course there are other issues. I mean, the day-to-day -day maintenance of a government for a town this size touches every aspect of our lives, from uh, stormwater management to uh, what's going on in our schools. The borough council has a voice that helps inform decisions that are made on other bodies in our, in our lives, um, like the school board, like planning and zoning. And the, uh, the decisions the council makes will affect all of us, whether that has to do with um, a bicycle trail or truck traffic in town or who's going to be allowed to do what farmer's markets where. I mean, it all affects all of us. Well, I guess a question that people often wonder about and something that seems to come up a lot in, in council is kind of the trade-off between... Preser preserving Gettysburg as it was sure. historically sure. to make sure that people who care about the history of Gettysburg and the battle and the tourists can experience it as close as it was to that time. Sure. And maybe the residents maybe who would like to see some some of which would like to see more growth and change and uh, and you know more business opportunities I guess. Do you see those as kind of an either or, win lose or or how do, you, how do you think about that issue? Um, a lot of our policy seems to revolve around the tourist industry and the historic nature of the battlefield. Um, that's important. You know, what happened here changed the history of the world. And that's a huge statement but it's absolutely true um, preserving that history is super 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 important but uh, preserving that history at the cost of all progress is not reasonable people who live in the 21st century who do see a changing climate should be able to put energy efficient windows on their home that they own they shouldn't be limited by the technology available to make windows in 1863. Um, preservation is, is absolutely key to our continued uh, industry, but we cannot cease all progress for the sake of preservation. We are limited in a lot of ways because uh, we are completely encircled by a federal park. We can't get bigger. We can't grow outward. We can't grow our tax base outward. We, um, we see our costs go up every year, and a lot of that is due to the people who come to visit us here. Um, we need to be able to provide services for all of the visitors, and that includes fire and police and ambulance services, and we need to make sure our roads are safe and paved for all of those people, but we don't really have a tax base that helps guarantee that. We also don't have a lot of uh, sources of help to fund those services. So um, when it comes to policy decisions about living in the 21st century, we must look at the reality of living in this world. Um, 
if that means new technology and new building materials um, that maybe don't look historic, then you know we may have to go that way. Um, you know the the yellow signs that say state law requires you to stop for people in the crosswalk may not be historically accurate, but we still need those on the square. We need those in front of the train tracks on Carlisle Street. We can't let pedestrians get hit for the sake of historic preservation. All right. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I can see that's a difficult uh, a difficult problem. <clears throat> I would say maybe it's <clears throat> one of the most difficult ones that the council faces. Sure. And, uh, I, I, I guess, um, you know, as, as time goes, you'll uh, try to figure that out and, and, and come up with ways to deal with it. Sure. Um, okay, so in the few minutes we have left, uh, are there other issues that uh, you'd like to talk about? I'm wondering if there's anything particular in Ward 2 that uh, um, you, might, you might be interested in or, or, or want to focus on. So Ward 2 is weird because um, I think it's maybe the least populous of the three wards, but we also have one of the largest interests in the borough, which is the college. We have a different uh, makeup than some of the other wards because of the student population, because um, they do count. They are part of the population here. Where the borough and the college meet is, can has been somewhat contentious in the past, and I don't think that that animosity necessarily comes from either party, but it can come from outside sources who view that relationship with suspicion, which I don't think is founded in, in reality. There aren't any specific issues for Ward 2 other than the same ones that you know everybody cares about. Where are our taxes going? What's the deal with all the parking? What's up with building height? You know, all the, all the hot button issues of the day or what everybody talks about when I go door to door knocking. You know, we as a community have to look at these things, and um, the nature of public policy is, has to be change and adaptation. And if people want to stay rigid to the methods that were employed in 1863, we, we probably will not progress. If people understand that we have other imperatives in front of us, uh, we can progress. Anytime we look at government as serving simply one function we, we lose you know government is not here to serve just business government is not here to serve just tourism government is not here to serve just government it has to serve all of us um, you know government is the things we decide to do together right well that's a great way to put it and uh, <coughs> I'm, I'm paraphrasing Ben Franklin there. oh you're paraphrasing <laughs> Ben Franklin well I thought it sounded very eloquent <laughs> Thanks. call it my own all right, Matt. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today, sure. and uh, I want to wish you luck uh, on your uh, campaign. Thank you. Uh, and uh, enjoy your day. Thanks. <laughs>